Hello, climate change. I'm talking really quietly because everyone in my house is asleep. This is a podcast for waking up and taking action. Oh gosh, I'm tired too. Waking up and taking action one conversation at a time. This is a bonus round. A little extra at the end of the conversation with Sharice Matthews, where we got into talking about, well, the way she put it was caring for the emotional landscape, which I think probably was sort of the overarching topic for both of these two episodes in our conversation. We didn't really talk about the physical environment all that much. We talked about our social and community and uh, self-care and... Um, trying to balance all that with with an awareness of our privilege as white, basically middle-class Americans. Shortly after Sharice and I talked, she shared an article with me that I thought was interesting and enlightening and uh, worth mentioning. It is from the website alternate.org, and the title is An Insider's View, The Dark Rigidity of Fundamentalist Rural America. And I will tell you, the article is very long, and you kind of get the idea about a third of the way through. So feel free to skim if you're interested. I will put the link to this article in the show notes for this episode. And the reason that I bring it up is that this is someone talking about the ideology of the sort of middle of the country Trump supporter and how maybe trying to engage with them and have logic-based conversations about, you know, Trump's lies (laughs) and climate change and whatever, you know, whatever um, particular oppressive situation is on your mind. He basically, the the writer of this article is saying that, yeah, it's pointless. They um, have a sort of a insular worldview that basically um, dismisses anything that's outside of their tribe. Um, So it's a waste of time is his point of view. Not exactly my point of view, though I do think, you know, it's important to recognize that there's truth in what he's saying. I still think it's worth building relationships with people, you know, and caring about people, even if you don't get to a place where you end up sharing a worldview. It can only be good for all of us to do so. So, and, you know, we all, I think probably from experience, we all know that when you engage in a relationship with someone with a goal in mind, with some wanting to change that person, it generally does not work. So it isn't really compatible with uh, true caring about a person is trying to change them, even if what you're wanting to change is uh, for their own good. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you listen to the last few minutes of, of Sharice and I, and I'll remind you that my next episode will be with um, Angie Seth, who is a climate scientist, and I'm really looking forward to hearing, you know, how things are going for her since Trump has been elected, and and basically some of the latest science, which I, I could use a, to be caught up on. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you when I get that one out next week. Have a great day. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, bye. 
Good. Well, it was really, really inspiring to hear your mind, you know? Oh, well, it's fun to talk. Yeah, yeah good. Well, let's, I would love it if we, like, maybe a year from now, check in and do this again and see what we figured out, if it's different or if there's shifts. And, I mean, there's shifts. The, the whole political arena is so fascinating right now. Yeah. Did you hear that the um, that a federal court struck down some of the refugee I heard that, that some of the stuff that's been happening over the last week is unconstitutional and people are really just like moving right really fast. On right. It, so at this point, the, a little bit well, still, that's so. why I wanted to tell you, yeah. since you unplugged yeah, awesome. give me this little piece of news that, that, um, that basically any of those refugees who are being held up in the airports are, have been because of the, his new uh, executive order against mm-hmm. them. Um, that particular piece of it has been struck down. So they've been awesome. released. So, um, so it's really nice to see pieces of our government that are standing up to Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was really great to see the New York times call his statements lies and then, and then watch other media outlets be emboldened by that to be able to use the word lie outwardly. Why, why, you know? Um, and so, you know, it's, it sort of feels like something's coalescing, whether it's enough, whether it's on track, you know, we're, we're yet to figure all of that out. But it is kind of good to see the uh, engagement growing in the citizenry. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, you know, we want to just dribble on for a while here. Yeah, um, one of the things that concerns me about that really is that piece about our fractured culture. And the people that, so like as we, who you might consider, what are we labeled the political and intellectual elite, right? You know, the coasters, right? Um, that for every success that we're feeling, when we're tallying up the success, check, 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 we won this one. Those people that are really disenfranchised, specifically the people that really we're excited about the election of this president. Take another hit. So for every positive on our side is a, a really, it's not even just a, a point they didn't get, but it's another belly punch, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like they're, the thing that's really missing, and of course this president seems to be incapable of doing, is dialogue that helps to bring people together. His MO is so divisive that... I think as every time, I almost hate to use this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, every time the best of us wins, and I don't mean individual, mm-hmm. but our highest ideals mm-hmm. um, wins uh, on the fronts that are being uh, attacked right now, those people that Can you have, give an example? Um, well, for instance, the airport and shutting people out from Muslim countries. Right? So you got to know that there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people across this country that had big parties last night because there was a lockout of what they considered threatening people from our nation. Hmm. Right? They were celebrating in a really big way a serious win for their point of view and their personal safety. Right? So then if we then, whatever you want to label us, yeah. stand it up and fight back and say no because of this ideal, and we're not talking about who's got food and who doesn't have food, who's got land, who's living on the street corner, 
and we're not talking about any of that. It's just all emotional. We step up and we say, from the safety of my world, hmm. I'm going to say you can't do that. Hmm. You have to allow those people in, or you have to allow them the liberty, and you have to allow them um, whatever rights they've been given already and were right you have to do this so we win so we've got like yes and we're putting little checks and tallies on our side for the liberal press right um those people are getting angrier Hmm. and so that creates more of a divide and that actually frankly scares me as much as anything Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's nothing to draw them into the circle and say, you understand. Right. That's why I was talking about the wall. They don't know that they're not going to be able to afford their food. Right. The food that they get, yeah. such as it is, if we put up a wall between us and Mexico. They don't understand the impact that's yeah. going to have. Mm-hmm. And you can't knock on the door of whoever that anonymous person is and say, can we sit down at the kitchen table and have a conversation? Because I think there's some things here that you're missing. So one thing that I keep hearing from Black Lives Matter is, uh, okay, 53% of white women voted for Trump, right? 53% and then, of white women who voted. Okay, that's a good point. For Trump. Okay, that's a really good point. But but they, would say, they will say to you, or say to us, white women, that we are, um, you need to organize your people. You need to um, look for. There's got. They've got to be in your social circle. They've got to be there. I, when I first heard that, I was thinking, well, that's not right because they're all in the middle of the country somewhere, and I'm I, on the coast, and all, everyone I ever talked to, blah 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 blah. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, My there's those neighbor. Okay, so right, right, exactly. My neighbor, three da- doors down. I'm sure I'm going to guess she didn't vote, mm-hmm. but uh, but but if she did, she voted for who her husband wants her to vote for. And because she believes that uh, that that's the proper structure for family, the man knows what's best. And she has said those words to me. And she's a very sweet, lovely person who I really adore. Um, and uh, you know, I don't spend time with her. I, I did years ago when I first moved here. We spent time together more. And I think probably since I had cancer and now walk around with one breast, I. Some there are some people in my life who can't really deal with that. I think she's one of them. But um, but you know that's 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 a surmountable. It's not actually that big. Um, but and then I already talked about somebody on Facebook, a woman who I know was a Trump voter, and that I'm not close with her, but I can have dialogue there, and I can start exploring that. And it does feel kind of impossible, but it's a lot less impossible for me than somebody who doesn't share this privilege of whiteness. Um, so that's an interesting thing to think about, is that how can we make them not anonymous? How can we make them people that we have a mutual like um, trust with and caring like that this? That we care about. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it is, if we're all in our own little parallel worlds, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that was part of the problem with this particular election is we all had parallel news feeds. Yeah, right. <laughs> My world looked very different from right. your neighbor's world just right. based on what them... Is it amalgam? Oh, oh, the um, the choices that the computer makes. The algorithm. Algorithm. <laughs> the algorithms of her computer. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And and that goes pretty far. Yeah. yeah. I put up um, a link to a petition because Am- I found out that Amazon is advertising on Breitbart News, and there's a petition to tell them to stop. So I put that up, and uh, somebody made a comment like. I don't know, they were offended by it. It was really hard for me to fathom 
exactly where they were coming from. They were offended by their saying something like, oh, so Amazon should only have for its customers people who are liberal. That's basically what they were, they were saying. Like, they, they shouldn't reach out to people on, in the, who are conservative at all then. And I was like, no, it's not against Amazon customers. You can have, have nothing wrong with anyone shopping. <laughs> it's not like an exclusivity around Amazon. It's just like, but it became a dialogue I was able to say, well, actually the problem is that Breitbart tells dangerous lies and mm-hmm. passes them off as truth and uh, they just support, they depend on their advertisers to support them to do so and so uh yeah i don't that should be stopped <laughs> whatever it's i don't know is what it, for what it's worth and it comes back to that like how we have to take care of ourselves because if somebody's saying things to your face that are that are painful to hear because they're they're offensive you know whatever it is if we don't have the space to like receive them mm. where they're at, um, you're just going to come back with anger, and it's, it's not going to go anywhere. So, ah, so taking care of ourselves does have a place. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think taking care of the emotional landscape is is the yeah you know how important that is. Mm. Yeah, and I think having those conversations that remind us that that it's too easy to see other, you know. And one one of my things now is to be, uh, one of my sort of, like, things I'm committing to is to looking at everyone else, you know, like looking them in the eyes, sort of, if not literally, then at least metaphorically, and trying to see myself in them, you know, and recognizing that there's not that many steps between any one of us and and our choices and our feelings and the next person that we might run into, whether they're similar or dissimilar to us, Mm -hmm. because we're all really just human beings having this experience, you know, and everybody's got a different frame of reference or different, yeah. Thanks again, Cherise. Thanks, Amy. (laughs) 